Welcome to the podcast, On Board, Navigating Corporate and Clinical Trial Travel with EQ Travel Management. EQ with experts in corporate travel, delivering integrity, intelligence, and innovation. This is Jordan Rich with Frank Jeffrey, the CEO, and Duncan Sanders, the Operations Director of EQ Travel. Well, I'm going to ask the travel professionals right now how it's been out there for each of you guys, for Duncan Sanders and, of course, Frank Jeffrey. Starting with you, Frank, what's the uh, situation been like for you personally? Um, It's been different. I think we're in a world where you just have to start off with... um low expectations when it comes to travel and ensure you're not too disappointed when you either get to the airport or get on board. You were telling me that the last time we got together in the studio, uh, after you left, you had several flights to take in that realm. And uh, how did it go? Um, The flights themselves were fine. I mean, a few delays uh, along the way, things like um, airline lounges not being open because there's not enough staff to operate them. Uh, you get on board and there's no catering on aircraft and mm. you're sitting up the front on a five-hour flight thinking you're going to have dinner, but you get pretzels and you get a glass of wine. We've been lucky enough to have spent quite a bit of time uh, travelling and reconnecting with, with clients, so lots of long-haul, short-haul uh, flights in all parts of the aircraft, up the front and down the back. Um, I think, as Frank Frank said, um, expectations have certainly changed from, from the days that we knew a, f- a few years ago. Small things that you might notice, you know, catering on board, um, the attention to detail from staff, um, how well trained they are and how familiar they are with the aircrafts is uh, certainly something that we've noted recently. Well, one of the things that uh, has happened in America, and we'll talk about overseas as well, is the uh, the lack of staff and the fact that you occasionally get a crew that's either timed out or isn't available uh, when flights are delayed. Has that been a situation in Europe as well? It's definitely been a knock-on situation in Europe, and I think across the board. You know, here in sort of Australia and you know Asia and other parts of the world, staff and getting to the aircraft on time because they may be connecting or repositioning from another part of the, the world or the country themselves, are they not making it on, on duty for their for their rostered flight? I, th- I think uh, volume of passengers um, are taking up space where their crew used to be re- repositioning to flights. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of um, support through the airport, um, you know, things are, are, are much slower. And the number of flights that are actually been allowed to depart from airports on time, which has been restricted by the, the airports themselves, who are having issues with their own staff to support the airlines. Frank, let's talk about expectations. You've been in the business travel world for a long time, and you do it. That's part of your job. What should people who are used to traveling and have done a lot of it be thinking now? And what should their mindset be as they head to the airport or head out on a trip? Forget 2019. Forget those nice tight connections that we all like so we don't have to give up a lot of our life. Don't fly in today for a meeting that's important and critical and is going to happen today. Fly yesterday. You know, give yourself time. Give yourself a window. There's lots of delays. There's lots of cancellations. Just be prepared. So built in to all of this is the the knowledge that it's going to be a bit more of a hassle. You've got to accept that, right, Duncan? Yeah, absolutely. And I was on the phone to to one of our clients uh, earlier this week. You know, they had planned ahead, or they thought they were planning ahead. They had an early morning flight to get uh, to them to uh, their destination for a, a late sort of afternoon, early evening rehearsal for their presentation, which was then taking uh, place the following morning. They got to the airport four thirty in the morning. Uh, flight was cancelled, and the knock on effect it took them you know another twelve hours hanging around the airport before they got to their their destination. So in effect, they missed their rehearsal time 
and then we're going into their meeting live without a lot of sleep. Uh. Without a lot, of, without a lot of sleep, and, and a fair bit of frustration in between. Yeah, um, that, that but, angst that builds when you know you're going to be uh, going to be late. Absolutely. Has it been both coming and going, Frank? In other words, uh, situations leaving the ground and situations arriving. I mean, flights are delayed, and then they're backed up on the tarmac when you arrive. I'm afraid that is the case. I mean, there are flights, um, they're going out late. Um, so because they're going out late, they're arriving, you know, at their destinations mm. late. Unfortunately, just now, it seems to have become almost a surprise to some airports that um, there's planes about to land and they don't have people to manage jetties or operate buses and that kind of stuff. So they're just... Do you have your expectations low? Any difference between how a smaller airport is handling things and a larger big city airport, a hub airport, or is it all pretty much under the same umbrella these days? I think with the smaller airports, it's probably easier. You know, there's less volume, there's less mm -hmm. flights. There's probably also less bureaucracy and that people are more willing to roll up their sleeves and just get things done. When, when you get to larger airports, the structure within those airports is much more rigid. You know, one person, one job, no crossover. So it's kind of a shame that the airports that carry the most people are probably the ones that are the least nimble. So they get a bad rep. One of the biggest problems that people have, and I'm one of them, is that hold on the line for three hours and we'll get back to you. I mean, the idea that you can't talk to a human being. Is there any sign that that's going to improve at all or is it are we stuck with this for a while those of us on this end for, for the foreseeable future that's that seems to be the the way of the world you know whether you're calling your bank whether you're calling an airline um there's a lot of people hiding behind a very fancy phone system that can direct you through very challenging uh options you know press one press two press three mm -hmm. um when you get to the end of that that queue um the staff that are there to help you aren't necessarily the most qualified people at that point either so you might have got through your three three and a half hour wait to to find someone who can't answer the question right. that you want want them to deal with. Just in case listeners to this podcast from all over the world are thinking, "Oh, there's nothing but gloomy news." Let's talk about what EQ particularly does to help people through this morass. And you guys have got example after example of people who have been clients who are in need. Want to share a few of them with us? Either one of you. Age old thing, you know. Have our clients call us. You know, don't call an airline. Don't wait in a queue at an airport. When something gets cancelled, get your cell phone out and call us straight away. 200 people getting off a cancelled flight, or should I say rather not getting on a flight that's been cancelled, all need to be rebooked. So the first thing I'm going to do is zigzag around that waiting line at the counter at a way to call you. You were telling me, Duncan, in fact, about a particular experience that just happened where you helped somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, you know, sort of common commonplace, but uh, passenger arrives at the airport early in the morning, uh, flights flights being cancelled. They they called our out-of-hours service, so before any of the other call centres or anyone else was open, uh, our team, you know, helped, helped them through the, the process. And I guess the advantage we have is we're one-on-one, -on -one, so we're looking for you at that time. We're looking at all uh, the different route options and mm -hmm. possibilities that we might get you to your destination as soon as possible. Uh, whereas if you're at the airline counter, they're only going to be focused on the flights that are relating to their particular airline. So Makes we have sense. a workaround. Makes sense. And you're 24-7 in this world that we live in, I imagine. Absolutely. We live in a 24-7 world. Yeah, you have to be because the people are flying all over the place in different time zones and all that. We've covered a, a bit about the, the airlines, the airports, what's going on in the skies. Does that carry over into destinations, hotels, accommodations, additional services, rides, limos, etc. Do people have to be wary of what's on the other end because of where we are as well? I think people, they need their travel to be 
very joined up. Um, you know, if you're if your flight is cancelled, you're maybe not thinking about the hotel that you've got booked. You know, so you can be focused on the cancelled flight and mm-hmm. when do I get to such and such a place now? When am I going to get there? And you forget to cancel the hotel, so mm-hmm. you pay for that first night. When we go back to the pick up the phone, call us, we'll see everything. We'll rebook your limo, we'll rebook your hotel, we'll reorganise your rental car, whatever it takes, all on one call. Along those those same lines, you know, we, we might look at it and say, well, we're not going to get you to your destination today. Um, you know, the flight's awful. We've just booked you a hotel at the airport. Go and make yourself comfortable, get your laptop out, get through your, your day's work, and then tomorrow morning we have your onward journey and, you know, you can continue your way. But you've been comfortable rather than 12 hours in an airport trying yeah. to fight with, with the rest of the passengers who are I, trying to I know this is a, a general statement, but I would think most travelers, of the kind of travelers you work with, they don't mind if they know. If you know where you stand and that you have that hotel room and you can relax, fine. There's nothing you can do to change the laws of physics. There aren't any flights. I think that's a key is being informed. Absolutely. And and I think there's a bit more credibility when they're speaking to someone that they've got a regular relationship with, they trust us to organise their travel over someone that's at an airline desk, which in the back of their mind, they're thinking, we're just being fob palmed off, told something mm-hmm. that we they think we want to hear, but it's not necessarily the truth. So, yeah. Travelling with ease and less discomfort is what it's all about. Well, we're going to be talking about other issues, changes in the way things are done and the way things are transpiring. And you too have a great beat on what this is all about. So thank you so much for your uh, stopping by today. And you arrived on time. Your flights were right on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. (laughs) This has been On Board, Navigating Corporate and Clinical Trial Travel with EQ Travel Management, the podcast to take with you on your travels. Find out more at eqtravel.com and share news about this podcast with your friends and associates. From everyone at EQ Travel, be safe and be well.